and welcome to Madness in the Method, the premier Nicolas Cage podcast, where we do nothing but talk about Nicolas Cage. Um, even though other podcasts might claim to be the premier podcast, we are the premier Nicolas Cage podcast. Tell your friends. Um, and <laughs> um, with me, as always, well, I am Tobias, I should start with saying, uh, the, the, the co-creator of this podcast. And with me, as always, is my friend and trusted co-host, Christopher. Hello, hello. Hello, Christopher. And in this episode, we are talking about a Nicolas Cage movie. Huh. But it's also a David Lynch movie. It's 1990s Wild at Heart. And um, uh, I don't know, had you seen this one before? No, I had not seen it and I had not heard about it. Oh, okay. I knew of it. I had seen. I I had seen at least a couple of scenes before, but I had never seen the whole thing. Um, there's there. I I, I don't know why, because I I have watched most of his movies, but I skipped this one on Mulholland Drive. I don't know why. But either way, now yeah, I have seen it. I I I also seen a, a quite a bit of Lynch, but I I probably have seen this and saw that Nicolas Cage was in it, and then just skipped it because this <laughs> okay. was like years ago. Um. So, so I, I guess I probably heard of it, but that's okay. All. But you didn't, you didn't make the connection when we, when you made, when you started making the list of, of no, movies to watch. One of those movies where it's like, yeah, I probably heard of it, but I've forgotten it since then. In, yeah. in that case, so. All right. Um. Well, yeah. Like I said, the same with me. I hadn't, I hadn't seen it before, but I knew of it. Um. Uh, and. Uh, uh, well, there's not much, not much of a story, really. Um, I guess we could quickly go through the story. It's just uh, Nicholas Cage plays Sailor. He doesn't have another name, right? It's just Sailor. No, yeah. Sailor, but he has a last name, so Sailor, Sailor Rip Ripley. Right, Sailor Rip, Sailor Ripley. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the movie, is incarcerated for manslaughter, um, and uh, when he gets out, him and his girlfriend Lula go on a road trip. Um, just because, basically. Um, if, if you don't want to get too much into the, the meaning of the movie. Um, and at the same time, L- Lula's mother, who I don't remember the name of either, as, uh, who is who, Lula's played by Laura Dern, and Laura Dern's mother... I can't Diane remember. Ladd. Right, thank you, Diane Ladd, <laughs> uh, plays her mother in the movie. Um, and she, she does not, she does not um, uh, like... Uh, Sailor Ripley for for a plethora of reasons, um, so she decides to put a hit out on him, and hilarity ensues. Hilarity, I, I wouldn't use that. Word, <laughs> no, not <laughs> hilarity ensues, but um, adventure ensues. Ensues, stuff happens. Yeah, but yeah, that that is this movie is uh, a lot of just stuff happening. Uh, uh, yes, as you said there isn't much story from what I've gathered. Well, my interpretation of the movie, at least, is that it's just, well, it's just a movie about uh, love, never-ending love. Just <clears> the <throat> universe is trying to break them apart, but they will stick together through everything. There's, oh yeah, there's definitely that, because um, th- their their love endures. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not it's their their love is never questioned. I guess until the very end, but it's only for like a minute, and then mm. it's like, no, wait. Um. Uh, and uh, 
an interpretation that I had, though, we should mention, yeah, why why there's not a lot of stories because this is a David Lynch movie, mm, yeah. and all of it, all of his movies. I mean, some of them have a lot of story and stuff, but mostly his movies are just visuals tied together by a loose story. Yeah, he usually has like one idea, one big idea, and then yeah. visuals. That's usually his movies. Yes, yes. At least when they're like his his own projects, like Dune, of course, has a lot of story, but. Mm. That's still a distinctly a, a, a David Lynch movie, even mm. though it's based on a book. Um, but I, I, since I hadn't seen this before, I, I, I thought the movie was, other than love, of course, that's, that one's obvious, um, I really felt like the movie was about um, how, how you handle trauma. Because m- most of the characters seem to have experienced trauma in some way. Um, Lula, Lula has has been raped. She has seen her father uh, burn f- uh, by Im- self immolation. Mm. Um, uh, of, of course, a s- a sailor ha- uh, has to deal with the fact that he kills a man in the beginning. Um, e- even some of the minor characters mention stuff that has happened to them, like uh, Bobby Peru. Uh, he was in the navy and saw people die in the war and stuff like that. Um, and there, it's it. it a lot of the characters deal with their trauma in, in not the healthiest of ways. Um, and, and there's even like uh, uh, the, the scene with the car crash where you, where you directly gets to see someone uh, suffering from a head trauma, like more, more of a physical trauma um, and just die in front of them. Um, so that, that's, that's the, uh, the, the meaning that I took from this, like, like, trauma and how to how to how to not deal with it really because no one <laughs> deals with the trauma in the best of ways in this no. movie yeah i mean yeah it, you got an, got a point there it, it wasn't something i got from the movie but yeah maybe in the next watch <laughs> yeah yeah but just like the same that, that's the fact that they're they're uh, they're they're running away from from uh, their like previous lives basically um of course, then Lula running away from a, a abusive uh, uh, uncle, or well, her father's business partner, even though he's he's dead, you know, it's still there. So she's mm. running away from that. And a very and controlling mother. Uh, yes, a very controlling mother who, who, in her own way, I guess, has. You don't really get any specific trauma other than, I mean, she she kind of was was the perpetrator in in burning uh, in burning Lula's father so i guess that still traumatized you even though you wanted to do it um and um and there's there there's this, like obviously they they they're, they're kind of running away from reality cuz they're just they just get in the car and start driving they don't have any money they don't know where they're going there's a lot of talk about uh, the wizard of oz they're obviously not like uh, comfortable in the real world, so they just start running and, ha- and ha- having fun along the way. But then there's the the scene where um, Lula is driving, um, sailors in the back seat sleeping, and you hear n- uh, a newscast on the radio, and they start talking about people who have been murdered and uh, people dying in uh, uh, disasters and just a bunch of horrible, horrible news. And she just stops the car. And gets out of the car and says, change the, change the station, I can't handle it. And they put on some music and start just violently dancing to some heavy metal. Like, obviously, like the, re- the real world is not something they enjoy. So they, uh, they do everything they can to, to escape it. But then, of course, it comes creeping back towards the end. Um, the last, like, 20 minutes. Uh, you know, real- reality 
What does that mean? Reality hits? No, whatever it is. Uh, I, I don't know what you, what you mean. Sorry. I, I don't remember. That's the... Uh, whatever. Reality hits you or something. Whatever, whatever. Mm. It was a meme. Because um, then, yeah, everything becomes very serious. Uh... Through some, uh, well, they don't have any money. Uh, Lula g uh, is pregnant all of a sudden, um, and they have to do some stuff, you know, to to survive. And all of a sudden, they're back in the real world with consequences, and you know, uh, big, big, uh, big choices to make in their life. So, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it that way, but like, I don't have much more to say about the story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, there isn't really a story. Uh, it's more like a a, a, a a symbol of a story. Yeah, in yeah. a way. Um, so yeah, there's not much, but there's a lot of Lynch stuff. Oh yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that that I still can't really figure out. I wonder if you have any ideas. Uh, it's all because there's a lot of. Wizard of the Oz references throughout mm -hmm. the entire movie, and yeah. I couldn't really grasp why. Because Lynch isn't isn't is a writer and a director who who he doesn't put anything in without thinking about it. Sure. So I, I wonder what what is why. Well, uh, uh, first of all, he's just a he's a big fan of the Wizard of the Oz Wizard of Oz movie. Um, and he has he has um, references in other movies as well, uh, but this one is it's all over the place. I mean, they literally say Wizard of the Oz, um, yeah, several times. And then there's the yeah this even even the the well spoilers, but uh, even at the end the 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 good witch yeah, the the good witch or fairy godmother whatever yeah. she, whatever she is yeah she appears to the sailor. Um, and the Lula's mother appears in a in a vision as the Wicked Witch of the East, um, and uh, uh, this is something he has referenced later in other movies as well. But when they're driving, they're driving. They're they're always the 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 lines in the road are yellow. They're driving down a yellow brick road. Yeah, yeah. Um, after Bobby Bobby Peru uh, uh, assaults Lula in their hotel room, she clicks her heels three times, and mm -hmm. she wears red shoes. Um, also, also this cut to this uh, witch who's looking at them through a magic. Oh ball. yeah, yeah. The the movie seems to be a someone's vision through a yeah a, ma a magic uh, uh, whatever it's called yeah ball crystal ball yeah crystal ball yeah yeah. And I, was, um, I, so I feel that, there should be that's some one thing. Yeah, I'm just feeling if there's if there's some deeper meaning throughout the movie if this. Is a weird sort of retelling or anything like that, but I I can't put anything concrete to. I guess it's it's partly a retelling. I mean, you have the Wicked Witch of the East sending her minions after our heroes. You don't really have, you know, you don't. I, I guess you could say that Lula is Dorothy, but I don't know who who a Sailor would be. Um, but yeah, they they are traveling. They are traveling down a road. They don't. They're not going towards some wizard that can help them. But there are, there are definite references, like like story beats and and characters and moments from the movie. But it's not. I don't think it's a, a proper retelling of of uh, Wizard of the Oz. Wizard of the Oz. The Wizard of Oz. So, um, so you only think it's just because Lynch likes it. 
he likes it. Um, it's a movie about escaping reality. That movie is literally not escaping reality, but leaving reality to go to a fantasy land, which is kind of an escape if you think of what happens in the beginning with Dorothy, all the mm-hmm. sad stuff. Um, it's definitely, I mean, the, the fact that she clicks her heels three times after she almost gets raped by Bobby Peru. It's kind of to 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 push reality out of your 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 field of view. Um, I think it has a lot to do with that. Because mm. uh, I mean, for for a long time, that was like the ultimate fantasy movie. Mm. Um, sure. When it, when it was still pretty new, I mean, there was there was no there was no movie, and in some ways, still hasn't been made another movie like The Wizard of Oz. So I can understand why you would reference that mm. as an as an escape from reality. I don't know if you watched. Um, uh, there's this YouTuber called Emplemon. No. Heard of him. Okay. Not he made a he made a video um, about uh, which. Oh my God, I almost said it again. The Wizard of Oz, um, which was v- very informative and a, yeah. a very good video. I, I recommend it. Anyone just look up Emplemon Wizard of Oz and you'll find it. I mean, it is a very interesting movie, just through and through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, yeah. A lot of interesting trivia and just how it looks and everything behind the scenes. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my God! Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's Wilder Heart sort of. They just go on this road trip and stuff happens. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so they, I think their first stop is New Orleans, I think. Uh, yeah. And then they're going to, uh, California. They're on. The, they're on the way to California, but they stop stop off in Texas, Big yeah. Tuna, Texas. Which is a, such a stupid thing to do, because that's really they ruined everything by just stopping there. Cause yeah, well, they they were out of money, so is it? They didn't really have a choice. Yeah, because he mentions when Bobby talks to him, uh, he mentions they have only have forty bucks left, and I mean that's not enough to fill up your gas tank to go to California. Yeah, so they stop at at the hotel, which they can afford at least a few days for forty bucks. But didn't they stay there because uh, he wanted to check if there was a hit out on them? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, uh, because yeah, L- Lula's mother had hired. Uh, you no, know, he had some connections to some some tangential connections to the death of Lula's father. Yeah, and, um, and, he, had, and he had some connections in the underworld. Underworld, so he wanted to. Yeah, and that's the at least the original reason to why the mother wanted to get him out of the way or get away from Lula because he in a roundabout way knew or he was there for some reason a roundabout reason he was there when the father died so he knew that the mother was involved in that and the mother I guess was scared that he would tell Lula about it yeah but then she she does anyway (laughs) yeah but and then it's and then he she hires this hitsman this Stupid here, weird hitman hit, where just a, a lot of they're at a theater or something. I think. Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of weird stuff going on with the the, the, the this uh, I don't know what you want to call them. It, it kind of kind of reminded me of the John Wick kind of expanded universe thing where they had silver coins and all the ladies had the same kind of hair and they were all insane. So it's like this little like network of assassins all yeah. over America. Yeah, I, I, but, I enjoy that, but I didn't quite understand what the hell was going on. I mean, yeah. I have an idea, but but I met my at the beginning of the movie 
where they are. Oh, right! That oh, the first guy that he kills. Yeah, and they're sort of at the theater there or something. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and then the mother sort of goes up to, I guess, someone else that is criminal. I hope it's not just a random guy. And just yeah. says, here, I give you... I said it's, I think it says like $100 or $500 or something. Something like that. Uh, not, not, not a lot to kill a person. Yeah, take $500, kill that guy now. And he goes over, but I'm going to kill you now because she said so. And it's... And yeah, and, and she, for some reason, gives him um, uh, a, a phony reason why. Like, oh, he tried to have sex with me in the bathroom. Yeah. Even though we later find out that she tried to have sex with him. Um, which I'm, I'm guessing she's, like, trying to buy his uh, silence with sex. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't work, because uh, Sailor only loves one woman. That's Lulu. <laughs> yeah, and then sort of... So he kills this random hitman guy. Um, yeah. And gets sent to for manslaughter, and that's the beginning of the movie. And from there on, the mother uh, has just this weird obsession of getting rid of him, even yeah. though the secret is out at this point. <laughs> yeah, she's still just yeah, he, he needs to go. Even yeah. like at the end of the movie, like the end end of the movie, she's still on this. Yeah, she needs she... to go. She, he needs to go. And I, 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 I think that is just like. Uh, that is just because she's supposed to be the wicked witch in this story. She's just evil. Even when there's no point in killing him anymore, she's like, no, stay away from him. <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah. She's literally like insane, laying on some uh, some footstool, like dragging herself along the floor when she's talking to Lula uh, over the phone. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, she does a lot of lynch things. Like that yes. stool, and then and this scene where she paints herself red with lipstick for some oh. reason, and then, and then just throws up for no <laughs> reason. I don't know what's going on in that scene. Well, the the, the painting of her herself red is probably just a reference to the devil because uh, Lynch has, and this is a quote. He has said that this is a uh, the this is a road movie through hell, mm. um, and that's why they meet so many, a lot of most people they meet are terrible and horrible. Um, and uh, that that the whole motif of fire is there as well to to represent hell. Hmm. Um, they're they're going through their own personal hell, but also kind of a literal hell because of all the the, the motifs of hell. Um, which makes sense. And then f- fire. Then also, uh, both in this and in other David Lynch uh, projects, because he usually has fire in, in one way or another. I mean, he even called the Twin Peaks movie "Fire Walk with Me." Hmm. Um, it represents well in this movie definitely represents passion, um, fiery passion between Lula and, and Sailor, but then also destruction, um, a, but also then then kind of kind of like rebirth through dis- the destruction. But that's that's more in other movies. Um, uh, I saw I saw someone mention um, I don't know if that's a stretch, but in Mulholland Drive, um, when whoever it is that gets out of that car wreck. She steps out of a burning car as a new person. So, there's oh. that the whole the whole fire thing is something he comes back to a lot in his movies. And I mean, e- even on a more like literal level, uh, L- Lula has has a relationship to fire in the fact that uh, the guy who raped her, Uncle Pucci, uh, died in an explosion, a car wreck. Oh. Um, and uh, her father was burned to death in her own house, and she almost burned alive because the house burnt down almost. So that's yeah. the whole fire thing. <laughs> uh, there's one other 
uh, sort of Lynch thing. Again, we talked about it earlier. This uh, weird cuts to weird to things that Lynch yeah. always does. Just cuts to weird things. Um, but there's one scene I could not, I couldn't get my head around. And there's yeah. at the sort of not end end of the movie, but at the like last last the, the third act of the movie. I can't. Ex- can't remember exactly where, but it's somewhere where we see a sort of a procedure. Uh, we see oh. we, we, there's like this big magnifying glass, and we see a person, and someone yeah. takes sort of blood from her or something. That is Lula, right? I I, I thought that was Lula. I don't think it's the same actress. Oh, it okay. Could I... be, it could be symbolizing Lula if it's like a younger actress, or maybe that she's younger. I don't know, but uh, I, yeah, I couldn't wrap my head around what I was seeing and why. I I was I was pretty sure that was an abortion after she was raped. Because um, uh. she, she mentions to Sailor, like, I did something when I was younger. I can't even say it. Just write it down on, on a note. Mm-hmm. That's when we see that pi- or that scene. And then um, after Sailor reads it, he's like, oh, that, I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me. And she says, oh, it bothers me. Um, no, but so that's... I, I, I thought it was an oh, abortion. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. It was just it was just that I'm pretty sure it's not the same actor. I think that's the thing that okay. just uh, made it weird for me. Um, okay, yeah, I didn't notice that. I oh, that's Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> one one thing that I didn't. I mean, maybe maybe I wasn't one hundred percent focused towards the end, mm-hmm. but I don't remember them ever saying Lula was pregnant, except for Bobby Peru saying it. When he meets up with, uh, with Sailor, but I never remember Lula no, saying it that, to anyone. That's what she writes on note. Oh really? Yeah, she writes. Uh, so I can't say it, and then she writes it and gives it. And it, uh, on the note, it says, "I'm pregnant." And oh, then okay. he says, uh, uh, and he says something like, "I don't mind," and huh. she says, uh, "She says, I-, I think I do." No, don't. Okay. Uh, but the, the the scene of the 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 operation or procedure is is tied to that scene. That's why I connected them yeah. in my head. So okay, it, yeah. Then it might just be that he. <laughs> I don't know. There's I don't know the whole well well um, being pregnant and abor- abor- abortion. I just I just I saw it as an abortion. Maybe it wasn't an abortion. Yeah. Maybe it was supposed to uh, symbolize her being. Becoming pregnant? I don't know. I just yeah, thought it was an abortion, and it, I, I I connected it to her being raped earlier. It uh, in the story. It probably uh, is before that. The movie starts. It's probably that, but uh, it's not clear. But again, yeah. it is a Lynch movie, so I mean, uh, a a lot of things aren't clear in David Lynch movies <laughs> or David Lynch projects. Mm. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of interesting actors in this movie. Oh yeah, a lot, a lot of, of them, a lot of Twin Peaks actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I read somewhere that he just sort of just took a lot of them from set. They just had to stop production on Twin Peaks yeah. for this movie. My, yeah, because it had it had to be around the same time since Twin Peaks mm. came out the year after. So uh, there was um, also this because that car wreck scene. Oh yeah, uh, that was apparently written around or for that actress. From Twin Peaks. Okay, yeah, she's the um, is, is, is uh, her name Sherilyn Fenn? 
right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the name. Place, uh, place, uh, Leland's. No, not Leland's. Leland's daughter. The, the, the kind of, uh, the kind of mean girl from from um, uh, Twin Peaks, whatever her name is. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It was a long time I watched <laughs> Twin Peaks. I don't really remember any. Sherilyn Fenn, yeah. She she plays girl in accident. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so apparently, what I've heard is that uh, it's such a David Lynch thing that he he had an, when they filmed Twin Peaks. He got this idea that because she it looks a lot like a porcelain doll with her white skin. And oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got this idea that uh, for a, a car accident or an accident that would make her look like a broken doll. Yeah. And then she, he just put it in this movie. <laughs> and just could you do it? I just want to do this thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's, I mean, because he, he, he isn't, he, he's primarily an artist, not a filmmaker. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he used to paint pictures and then started making moving pictures, his little short movies, the the ABC and the, the whatever, Man Throwing Up movie, whatever. Yeah, and um, th- so, those short movies that he did beginning, they're, they're just 100% art. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So when he gets an idea, you know, he he and and he's working with movie movies at the moment, so he'll just make a scene out of it. <laughs> but then, you know, you can't really just put out a scene, so I'll make a movie around it. <laughs> and it'll be it'll be uh, strange and I can put all my friends in it and then uh, I'll show it to everyone and I won't tell them what it's about, but uh <laughs> But it's I, fine. But I got to say I really like that scene because it's it's very jarring and very. It doesn't have anything to do with the movie at all, really. Again, it's no. just, you just put a scene in the movie. But it, I, it for me, it brings sort of a realism to the movie. That yeah, things happen sometimes. It, yeah, it doesn't need it, to mean it, anything. But and it also it also works sort of like the real world creeping into their fantasy. Mm. Like oh shit, she she actually died right in front of them. Yeah, and, and um, from that and then point, also... the movie, well, the mood of both Lola and oh, yeah. uh, Sailor, it really shifts from that point on. Because up until yes. that point, it's just a fun ride, but that's like a cutoff point. No, now you have to get money, now you have to realize what you're going to do, you have to have a plan, all those things. Before, it's just, let's go. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then also, that that's a scene I talked about where you actually experience physical trauma because she she hits her head i mean she doesn't look to be that hurt really other than her 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 uh, uh, cut on her head mm. but obviously she had some some um some brain trauma and, and dies from it yeah. um which is also that's one thing you know like physical trauma as a part of the trauma the trauma uh, theme mm-hmm um, but yeah, some more some more actors from because yeah, Sherilyn Fenn is from Twin Peaks, Jack Nance who is only in one scene, the guy who talks about his dog, uh, double double O spool or double zero spool his yeah. name in the movie. I uh, have David Patrick Kelly who is one of the uh, assassins or gangsters. Uh, Grace Zabriskie who plays Laura Palmer's mom is one of the 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 blonde women in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, Madgen I think she plays the uh, Laura Palmer. I don't know. Yeah, I was just gonna say Laura Palmer is there. Yeah, she she plays the fairy godmother, good fairy thing in the end, right? Yes, her, right? Yeah, it's her. 
I wasn't uh, sure, but that looks like her, I thought. And then yeah. we have, obviously, Willem Dafoe. Come on. But he's not in Twin Peaks, is he? No, no, I was just good movie characters. Oh, in this okay, movie. okay. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. I, I, we were done with the Twin Peaks characters. I think that's oh, all. Oh, yeah, sure, yes. Willem Dafoe, then, yeah. yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Um, uh, and uh, Crispin Glover in a very strange, uh, like smaller yeah. part. It's the second uh, second movie with Crispin Glover so far in this podcast. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it was he doesn't with... share any scenes with Nicolas Cage, unfortunately. No. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good actors. Um, there, there's not many characters, even though it feels like there are a lot of them, but there aren't really. Uh, talking characters, that is. No, a lot of them is just like one scene or two scenes and then mm. they're gone. It's really like the the ones that are really in the movie a lot are Nicolas Cage, Laura Dern, Willem Dafoe, um, Harry Dean Stanton for a while until he dies, and uh, Diane Ladd. Oh, and J.E. Freeman, uh, Santos, the the guy she's yeah, right. uh, Diane Ladd is in love with or whatever. The crazy gangster guy. But yeah, other than that, people are just like, they come in and out of the movie. Yeah, like that hit, the, the two hitman ladies. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the hitman lady there's, with the with the cane. Yeah. And there's three of them, aren't there? Yeah, there's three. Because uh, her with the cane, and then it's Bobby's, Bobby Prue's girlfriend or something. Yeah, Isabella Rosalini. Yeah, and then there's one more that I don't think have a speaking role? I No, I don't think so. I saw... I, I think I think somewhere. there is, like... Because there's a lot of... Specifically with this um, Mr. Reindeer, the, the big hitman guy. Yeah. He has like a lot of ladies just walking around, existing, sort of. Yeah. Um... Oh, I found a picture of another girl with a with a blonde wig, oh. but she was just she was just a stunt person. <laughs> she was Isabella Rossellini's stunt double, so ah. she's not technically. I mean, she's in the movie, but she's not a character. Mm. Um, that was another thing that that I don't understand. Are why are why were they all dressed the same way and had the same wig or just had that hair? And all of them being, like, involved... No, not all of them being involved with... Because Isabella Rossellini wasn't involved with the assassins. When was Isabella Rossellini? She was the one who drove the car after, uh, at the bank robbery. Oh, That's, that uh, Bobby Bruce, I didn't uh, recognize yeah. her. No, oh, yeah. Okay. Because uh, I know the actress, but I, I didn't even connect that it was her in this movie. Oh. Uh, I just <laughs> saw her in the cast list. And said, oh, okay, I guess she's there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um... I and so I don't I, I I couldn't really like what is the point of them all looking alike and then I I I I this is just me grasping for straws but um uh what's his name Sailor mentions that he he I mean he definitely has well ba- based on Lula he has a type he likes wild women because yeah. he's wild at heart and she mentions that they're wild at heart um and every other like criminal lady or like all of the women in the movie that are like bad or criminal or evil are all blonde mm. so I'm wondering if that's a thing that's why he like he cast people with dark hair but put a blonde wig on them because it looks strange I don't know yeah. I, the only thing that I have and I don't even 
I can't even begin to interpret it, but the only thing that I can even grasp at is that sailor at one point says in the movie that uh, gentlemen only like blonde girls. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but they, all, they all have the same haircut and the same dress. They all have that, that that short black cocktail dress and the same curly hair. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't know. And I'm thinking because that's a thing in Lost Highway, um, where there's like I don't remember. There's like two stories going on, um, and uh, you have you have two actresses playing basically the same character, but they they are two different characters, but they look the same. Uh, something weird. I don't remember that movie. Um, and I'm thinking it's something like that. He's like, he wants them to look the same because they represent the same thing, or I don't know. That was the only thing. Like, <sighs> I I couldn't figure it out, and that annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could spend probably hours trying to interpret this, uh, and at the end, it's probably just because he thought it looked cool. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Oh, because that's how, that's how he he's David Lynch. It. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's an interesting. He's a very interesting director, but it's hard. His movies are hard to watch or understand, at least. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. Some, uh, some of his movies are like actually hard to watch. Yeah. Most of them are hard to figure out at first, but some are. There. Have Have you seen Inland Empire? Uh, that is a that is a hard movie to actually physically I watch. I don't think so. I guess I think it's like his last proper movie project that he mm. made in like 2006 or something. Yeah, I I I had like this one No, I have not seen this movie. Okay. I I had like this one specific like year or two years where I just watched a lot of Lynch, but then I never watched Lynch again from then. So it's yeah. just a lot of Lynch movies I missed. Um, yeah. Um, but well, you should check. You should check that one out. It's like three hours of like visual terror. Yeah, you know, I think I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it is a good movie. It's just that that one is that one is tough to figure out and to just watch. But you know what? This is not yes. the David Lynch podcast. This is the Nicolas no, Cage no, podcast. True. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So let's let's move on because, yeah, we can, we can keep racking our brains. I don't <laughs> think it will make more sense of it. But let's talk about Nicolas Cage in the movie. Yes. Um, uh, he, there's not a moment where he goes full rage cage, but he's kind of at like seventy five percent the entire movie instead. Which yeah, I kind of, kind of enjoyed. I mean, the yeah, the closest Rage Cage we get is the when he dances. Oh sure, yeah. When he does this, <laughs> he does the same uh, kick that he did in Firebirds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like his signature dance move, just kicking real high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. I don't know if you could really call it a rage cage, but in the very end, when he decides to go back to Lula, he just stands up and goes, Lula! And then runs runs away from the gangsters. Yeah, he does also scream a few times through the movie, but I mean... Sure. Yeah. And I mean, he very, very violently kills that man in the opening scene of the movie. Oh, yeah. I guess that's kind of, kind of rage cagey. Yeah, it, 
yeah, that's Rage Cage when he does the the pointing the finger at the mother. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's so good. <laughs> With the hair you. in his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, he was very enjoyable to watch in this movie. Very enjoyable, and that's 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 kind of funny uh, or interesting that uh, this is probably one of his better performances. I gotta say. Just like with, um, um, just like with uh, Valley Girl, I kind of got a little man crush on him. Oh, really? I don't know if I, I don't know if I have a type of guy that I like, <laughs> even though I'm 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 not homosexual. It's just like that. that he's really charming in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's really nice. <laughs> yeah. The scene when he's when the first scene in the in the club when they're dancing to the metal band. Yeah. When he when he for some reason just stops the band. <laughs> and then talks to the guy who was dancing with with his woman, um, and then he starts singing to Lula. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that worked for me. I gotta say, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's the the only issue here with this character is that he's. Um, I I don't know if it's supposed to be like a, a um, what do you say? Uh, it's um. Uh, unreliable narrator, uh, uh, but he is he's like almost too cool at all moments throughout the movie. Like in a way that it's it's borderline cringe, <laughs> and, and things where like yeah, that's a perfect example where you can just stop a band, sort sort of punch up a guy to say forgiveness to this girl, and then. Ask the band to play a song that he wants, even though it's a rock band. They play like Elvis or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And he's, you guys know this one. And then he starts singing. Just take the <laughs> microphone and sings. It's just and then that snake jacket, that snake skin jacket oh. he has. And it's just it's it's borderline cringe. Uh, yeah, but well, in a no, funny no, way. I, I just found it very attractive. <laughs> Did you know that it actually is his own snake skin jacket? Oh yeah, but he gave it to Laura Dern, right? Yeah, but he sort of said con- something about that. He sort of convinced David Lynch that he could wear it throughout the movie. Oh, once again, yeah. uh, uh, Nicholas, I want you to wear this jacket. No, man, I have this beautiful snake skin jacket. <laughs> I could wear it in the movie. No, I'd like to wear this. No, man, come on, I want to wear it. I want to use this stupid voice. <laughs> that's it's the same it. thing. <laughs> yeah. Just... No, I was thinking that's that's his go-to now. Either I wear the jacket or I do the stupid voice. You you decide. <laughs> oh fuck! Use to take the jacket. Jesus. Take the jacket, then goddamn it. Uh, but also, I did read uh, just regarding that <laughs> this, this stupid voice. Uh, he said uh, in an interview that this movie made him stop um, method acting. Yes, I read that too, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, because he, he, he obviously he nails the character without method acting, which is a good thing. I mean, if you can avoid method acting, that's good because sometimes that can be very self-destructive. Yeah, I, I suspect that he tried method acting throughout the movie, but at the end he couldn't do it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he mentions because Nick, uh, not Nicholas Cage, David Lynch, like, could like change stuff like on the day he would change the script or whatever. Mm. So you couldn't really, you couldn't really be too much in the script because it would change time and time again. So. And that, that's usually a bad thing, but here it worked for it worked for Nicolas Cage, so that's yeah, good. Because I, I suppose. mean, Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern they went on like a road trip before filming to Vegas yeah, together, to kind of get to know each other. Yeah, yeah. And I I I suspect that was part of his trying to me- method act it. Oh yeah, sure. 
and yeah, and then Lynch came in and said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I've changed everything. <laughs> We're gonna do this. You're not going to Vegas. You're going to Texas." I what? wrote, I wrote this car crash. It's like a, a broken porcelain doll. What? Yep. You have to save this young girl. She's dying in your arms. What? What? I want to go to Vegas. No. We're going to stop in Big Tuna. There's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, You're going to rob a bank. What? No, I'm guessing that wasn't the script. No, the I mean, there has to be some script. I mean, <laughs> No, there's no script. He just he knocked on his trailer. Nicholas, you're going to rob a bank today. What? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's very, very great, and I think Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern is great together, great chemistry. They have great chemistry, so I guess that Vegas trip worked. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, I I just think the, those two really carry the movie throughout. If it, if it weren't Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern, I can't see this movie work. I mean, I can't change any of them. Uh. No, I don't think so. And they they really they became the characters. They yeah. were Lola and and, and uh, Sailor, definitely. Um, yeah. So I I I I am uh, I'm I'm inclined to agree that he this is his best performance. Um, uh, so far, in yeah, so the far movies we watched, definitely. So He's um, most the most. Um, uh, it's the his most quality work, and he feels the most um, uh, uh, comfortable in this role, mm. even more so than uh, uh, Vampire's Kiss, which I would say is his second best performance. <laughs> um, but that one is just all about him experimenting and being method. So um, this is like the polar opposite. So in a way that that makes it even better that he's he had to like actually act and not just be method, and it works so well. So. And I mean, compare this to last uh, last week's movie. God damn! <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh my god! Uh, they came out in the same year. That's 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 so weird. But it also proves that like you need. It's not all the actor. I mean, you can have the greatest actor in the world, but if your if your director sucks, well, the, the the performance is gonna suck yeah. too. <laughs> uh, and um, what was that? Thing. Right, uh, and at this point, he's worked with a lot of big names, uh, big name directors at this point. Yeah. So he, he did, uh, well, uh, Coppola, but that's, we talked about that. Oh, yeah. Probably not that, uh, nepotism, probably. <laughs> probably um, a little bit of nepotism, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, but then he, he worked with uh, the Coen brothers. Oh, yeah, in Racing uh, Arizona. And now Lynch. Uh, I don't know if there are any more notable... Directors. Um, I mean, uh, uh, what's the guy? The guy who directed Moonstruck. What's his name? All right. Uh, he's con- he's he's considered a a well-known name when it comes to movies. Like, no, no, wait. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the writer. Sorry, Norman Jewison. I don't know what that oh. is. <laughs> I was thinking of someone else. No. Um. No. Yeah. So yeah, Coppola, Coen Brothers, um, David Lynch. Yeah. Uh, okay, the one. Well, he's not a big name, I'd say. Uh, well, not uh, in a in, not a household name, but the one Norman Jewison who uh, directed Moonstruck. He also directed yeah. the Hurricane. Yeah, he did some stuff, and uh, he made the the movie version of Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm. So, he's done uh, some stuff. Yeah, but sure. so on this uh, the road to the Oscar that we called it. We're almost yes. We're almost we're halfway. Well, a little above halfway to the Oscar now. And, uh, oh yeah, 
I mean, he's he's gone through a lot of changes. He, yeah, he done a lot of method acting. He, he tried a lot of different roles at this point. He worked with a lot of good and interesting directors, uh, a lot of different uh, genres of movies too. So he's a very versatile actor at this point. Yeah, that's a. Uh... That, that's that's an interesting thing with him. He he is not even in his early like career. He's not pigeonholing himself like oh I'm the action guy or oh I'm the drama guy. No, he's not everything. Yeah, comedy, action, drama, thriller, whatever vampires kisses. <laughs> he's done everything, and and uh, and and for the most part, except for Firebirds, they're all pretty good movies. Yeah, the Boy I, in Blue is the other really one that wasn't that good. Yeah, fire, but it was still fine. Yeah, Boy in Blue is is obviously a, a mistake in in production. Yeah, uh, Firebirds is just a mistake. It's it's just bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, bad. It's just it just shouldn't exist. Boy in <laughs> Blue, as we talked about, it it could have worked if they just had some a few rewrites. Uh, it could have worked. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, he. You can see from from this uh, at this point in his career, it, it it's probably no um, surprise if he get nominated or wins an Oscar. Oh no, definitely, yeah. He he's um, and I'm wondering how much of that is like uh, like a plan. Like I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick good good directors from now on. I'm gonna pick different roles. Mm. I'm gonna show them I can act. I'm a good actor. Because yeah. that, that's, re- that's really what it feels like. Because there's not a lot of, like, uh, movies that he seems to pick because they're popular. Like we said, once again, The Boy in Blue felt like that. Like, early in his career, he wanted the starring role in a in a historical movie, but he picked the wrong one, so it mm-hmm. sucked. And then, yeah, I guess, you know, if you want to do a cash grab action movie, Warbirds. Or Firebirds. <laughs> Both of those times, it backfired. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought the Italian movie was going to be a cash grab, too, but that's actually had some... Potential. It has, it wasn't yeah, it that had, good, it has but substance, it, but yeah, it wasn't great. But there was something there at least. You can see, yeah. you can see that he, if you read the script beforehand, you can see, yeah, this looks interesting. Yeah, Firebirds and though. A, well, yeah, <laughs> the less we, you know what, the less we talk about Firebirds, the better. That movie but I mean, sucks. we're gonna talk a lot about Firebirds in every episode because at this point, it's the worst movie he made, and I mean, oh yeah, by far. I mean, if we look at the scores we put. It's like, there's two movies that's below a six. Yeah, and that's uh, Boy in Blue and Firebirds. And for yeah. me, I gave Firebirds a two out of ten. So, <laughs> uh. But yeah, it's, it's a good question if, if this was planned. Because I always had that. That's always a, a, a thing I had with Nicolas Cage, or, or a, a belief. Yeah. That, that he worked his ass off to get an Oscar... And then after that, he just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna have fun now." <laughs> well, well, looking at looking at uh, the list, we're going a little bit ahead of ourselves. But I mean, he won the Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas, mm. and then directly after that, are three action movies, <laughs> and I think t- two or even all three of them are Jerry Bruckheimer movies. Um, so he's obviously like, "Yeah, I man, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I want now." Yeah. And probably the movies that made him the most money as well. Yeah, and and so far it really feels like he's actually just he's like speed running an Oscar. He tries to he does everything he can to get an Oscar as fast as possible. Sort of, <laughs> yeah. it feels like it at least. Yeah, 
Uh, and I mean, from him starting acting like properly in '83, it took him twelve years, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot of actors that get in twelve years, and if, if, to exception of those who win an Oscar of their first part. Oh yeah, sure, uh, sure. They don't really count, but the, no, they're they're outliers. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah. It feels like we feel see that like in every Oscar, but it's just someone who wins an Oscar for their first role. It's just oh, oh yeah. break our performance. Man. Um, yeah, like when when really young, like when kids are Oscar nominated, they aren't really nominated anymore. But sometimes mm. it happens. Yeah, um, or or like sometimes when the yeah, um, oh what what is it called the the uh, from uh, Django and uh, Jamie Foxx? No, um, <laughs> <laughs> the dentist. What is it called? Oh, actor? Uh, Schultz, uh, yeah. Christoph Christoph Waltz. Yeah, Christoph Waltz. Like he he did his wasn't that like his first. Not German movie. Yeah. Um, uh, no, no, no. Well, no, um, Glorious Bastard. It was Glorious his like, second. Yeah. His second like Hollywood movie. Yeah, yeah. He wins and an he, Oscar. But he won an Oscar. He did for, act for a long time but before that in in Germany. But he won an Oscar for Inglorious Bastards. Uh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so that's that's what I'm saying. Like the, that's also one of those uh, his first movie, quote unquote, in America at least, uh, to yeah. win an Oscar because it's really hard to win an Oscar if. For a German movie or a, yeah, a not or, American yeah, movie. Yeah, a, a, a foreign, for foreign actors. Yeah, yeah, it's usually 90% of the actors are American actors. So, yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Uh, but, yeah, so 12 years, I think it's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good, yeah. I mean, how did how long did it take for DiCaprio? Oh, my God. Like 30? Um, he won in tw- 2015. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, he, st- he started somewhere around like 94. Yeah. <laughs> so, almost 20 years, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and also uh, Nicolas Cage has worked with a lot of, at this point at least, very famous actors. They weren't at that when he worked with them, but no, yeah, but they became uh, famous later. Yeah, like I mean, um, if you're listening to this on Patreon, um, you've you've heard it was a while since we talked about it, but um, for all the non-paying plebs, <laughs> sorry, I've just called you plebs, people. Um, Racing with the Moon just released today. Um, <laughs> For for all people, when we're we're recording this, and I mean that's a perfect example. He mm. worked with Sean Penn in a movie that nobody remembers. <laughs> yeah, Sean Penn and Crispy Glover. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then we had uh, what was it uh, in Birdie? What's that actor's name? Ah, uh, what's his name? Um, well, he's not as big as. Uh, not, no, he's not Sean Penn big, but he's a, a recognizable actor at least. Um, wasn't he in, in Quantum Leap? Matthew Modine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Matthew Modine. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and famous at the moment in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, then we have, like, Cher uh, oh, is an actor, but a famous person, at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, of course, in Firebirds, he's um, <laughs> he act, he's acting against um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, right, so. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he... he, he I think it got a lot of connections at this point too to get good movies to get a foothold in. Oh sure, yeah, definitely. You think he did He's Firebirds do- because he because uh, to get that connection? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I that movie. Cause, no, because it doesn't look expensive enough, and like there's there's not really any famous people other than Tommy Lee Jones. I don't like the 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 directors and famous the producers aren't famous. There's no one you recognize except for Nicolas Cage. Um, what's her name? 
the girl. Uh, oh right, uh, Sean, uh, Sean, Young. Sean, Sean, Sean Young, Young, and and then Tommy Lee Jones. That's the only one you recognize. So yeah. I can't, I can't believe that was for connections. I think he just like, I'm gonna try an action movie. Maybe this will be mm. my Top Gun, and then just crashed and burned. If you only knew, just <laughs> just only knew. just wait like five more years, and you <laughs> yeah. got them all. Yeah, and he he's in some of the best like '90s action <laughs> yeah. movies, uh, The Rock and Face Off. So, so uh, yeah. back to Wild at Heart. Yes. What did you think of it? Um, I really enjoyed it, um, and it wasn't it wasn't so hard to figure out that it was annoying. Like I recently watched The Green Knight. Mm. That one was that one. It just didn't make sense to me while I was watching it, so I couldn't really enjoy it. Uh. I, I had to I had to record an entire podcast with my sister to figure it out. <laughs> Uh, but this one was like, I mean, I got it. I mean, and also like the 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 uh, surface level story is still interesting. So I I enjoyed it. It's not perfect, but getting... it's an eight, an an eight out of ten. I would an say eight. eight out of ten. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's like you only gave so this eight, then two other eights and a ten. Oh, and a nine yeah. too. Yeah, and a nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna go. Uh, uh, a little lower because it's it's a good movie. I will rewatch it, um, but it's a little too Lynchy. Sure. At, point, at times. I mean, and also, I'm a big fan of Lynch, so that helps. Uh, I, I like his style of movie making. Okay. Uh, and then also, there was a little too few um, highs and lows in this movie. It was a little too okay. Uh, well, the characters didn't really evolve. Things didn't happen that much. It was most it was this classic thing happened, then next next thing happened. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah without yeah. A, a red line, and that is very Lynch. So I mean, that's sort of what the movie's going for. Um, yeah, but that I mean... sort of <laughs> takes off the enjoyment for me. Sort of. Sa- Sailor's character development happens in the last minute of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> when he finally grows up and like, no, I should take responsibility for my actions. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually gonna put it quite a lot lower, and actually gonna give it a six. Oh my god! Yeah. How can you do this to David Lynch? <laughs> He's a treasure. Well, yeah, but have, maybe have, this haven't movie you watched isn't. his weather reports? I, I have. <laughs> I'm not saying that Lynch is bad. I'm saying this movie is not for me. That's what I'm <laughs> no, that's that's very true, and that is the thing with David Lynch. Yeah. Not everything he does is gonna be for everyone. Yeah, nothing he does is for everyone. <laughs> uh so yeah, and that was the next to last movie Nicolas Cage did in 1990, the year 1990. Okay. Uh, so he did uh, the Italian movie Firebirds, Wild Heart, and next week he did. Zandali. Zandali, which I have no idea what that even no is. No idea. Mm. Let's see what it says on IMDb. Yeah. It is... Uh, uh, Thierry's wife, Zandali, married the, poet, married the poet he once was. Taking over his dad's company in New Orleans gives him stress and impotence. Oh. Terry meets his high school buddy Johnny. Oh, can they win Nicolas Cage? <laughs> oh, oh, I just spoke Swedish. Could that be Nicolas Cage? Um, Johnny at a bachelor party. The painter Johnny can satisfy Zandali. Oh my god, uh. it's a cuckold story. <laughs> yeah, Nicolas Cage plays Johnny Collins. Of course he does. I mean, from that. 
Oh my god! And Judge Reinhold plays the impotent uh, uh, poet. Oh, poor man. (laughs) But that's fun, though. I like like Judge Reinhold, so I'm looking Mm. forward to that. Uh, Yeah, so we'll see if this is something. Uh... Well, looking at the cast list, a lot of good actors. Like I said, Judge Mm. Reinhold, Joe Pantoliano, Ian Abercrombie, who I like from Seinfeld, and Steve Buscemi. Marisa Tomei. Oh, yeah, Marisa Tomei. That's always a plus. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. I've never I've never watched it. Never knew it existed until, well, when we made this list. Yeah. So I am very excited to watch it. But that's for next week. So uh, thank you to everyone listening um, or watching it on YouTube. Remember, you can always just listen to it on all major platforms, podcast platforms, YouTube, uh, no, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, if you want to, like we mentioned before, if you want to hear all the episodes in advance, uh, several weeks in advance, check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. For just three bucks a month, you get every episode several weeks in advance. And you also help us stay afloat with all the server costs and things. But that's enough of that. Thank you for, uh, for listening, and we'll see you next week. But until then, have a good one. Bye. Bye, everyone. The Nicolas Cage Podcast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It's produced, directed, and edited by Tobias Vidian. Hosted by Tobias Vidian and Christopher Billian after an original idea by Christopher Billian. Executive producer is Annika Vidian. And a big thank you to all our sponsors over at Patreon for keeping the show going. Laura Kinney, Rasmus Jonsson, Mom and Dad. If you also want to join our Patreon, you can at www.patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Help us keep the show going.